All right, here we go. Well, that's overwhelming. <laughs> And away we go. Episode four of the Sharp Action Podcast has arrived. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Jared Smith. Once again, it is an exciting time to be in sports gambling. We've talked about it a lot. We're going to continue to talk about it here on the podcast. And before I get into all that fun stuff, we get through the pleasantries of this pod. Follow us, please, at Sharp Action Pod. That's the podcast Twitter handle. My Twitter handle, at Jared Lee Smith. Of course, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get down to business. Really exciting episode. Here's why. For the first time here on the Sharp Action Podcast, we have somebody from the desert joining us. We've had the East Coast bookmaker, John Sheeran. We've had the North of the Border parlay queen herself, Monique. Now we're heading to the place where it all began, the beautiful desert of Las Vegas. And one of my new favorite people uh, who reside and work in that area, of course, they work in the sports gambling industry, Dave Sherapin, who is an odds maker at CG Technology. If you're unfamiliar with CG Technology, go to the Venetian. You'll get familiar quick. One of the best books in the whole kit and caboodle. That's my book. It's where I go uh, when I'm in Vegas. I've got uh, a great connection there uh, from the hotel standpoint, and that's where I stay. And that's where I bet when I'm there. Um, I'll hop around to some of the other books. I'll see what their lines are at. And unless there's a stark difference, I usually tend to bet and watch uh, at the Venetian Sportsbook. So Dave's going to come on. We're not going to do a ton of the preamble this week. Um, I know we've kind of been sporadic with taping. Um, I'm juggling a lot of new gigs. Uh, for those of you that follow me, you know that I'm now hosting for this sports gambling network called Sports Grid. Um, that's taking up a lot of my time, especially the weekends, which is when I would normally do a lot of this work. So uh, I apologize that we're not on a consistent schedule. I, I think, and the, you know, the more that I've thought about this podcast and the more that I've tried to kind of, you know, create it and 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 make it something that's unique the less I'm concerned with the week-to-week action and the more I'm concerned with the broader view of the business and where the industry is going and the sharp money that follows it and so we're not going to do the whole song and a dance every week of who's betting who and the sharp money I mean we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it when we, there's some big topics to touch on and some higher arching overarching 20,000 foot view topics to touch on like for instance tonight we're going to well I'll touch briefly on the World Series before we get into Dave. So we're we're, we're not going to do the 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 week to week thing anymore. I'm I'm probably not going to put out a podcast every week. Um to be frank. And I'm sorry if if you guys were hoping for one. I just don't A I don't have the time. B I just don't think it's it's prudent. I don't think there's much value in it. Um cuz I can get this stuff out quicker to you. Uh, via Twitter, via other avenues. So, so you know, follow the podcast on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter because I'll be sending out a lot of this information to you, disseminating it that way. But in terms of like an actual produced episode with the music and the interviews and the song and the dance, probably more like a once a week, you know, once every other week thing. However, that being said, breaking news. I don't have a breaking news 
stinger here or else I would do it. What do I have? Do I have anything? No, we'll just do this because we love that. Um, so David, you know, after we did the interview today, uh, and I'll get into a little bit of David's, you know, history with me before we, you know, play this segment for you. Um, David, Dave, Dave wants to do is like we want to maybe do like a weekly thing where maybe it's just me and him and it's not a full podcast episode. Maybe we're just, you know, going back and forth about games and I'll get his opinion and maybe I'll just put it out there, you know, like a mini podcast. So we'll see. We're, we're coming up. We're, we're trying to figure out some ideas. They have a podcast that they do out in Vegas. They do it with a couple of guys uh, that, that Dave's been in the business with for a while. Caesars guy, Circa guy. For those of you that don't know, the, the, the big books out in Vegas, obviously CG's a big one. Circa's the, the, the kind of the new kid on the block that's going to be like, you know, usually it's like the casino is like, you know, the big, big fish and the sports book gets this like little nook in the corner in a lot of these casinos. Circa's like the opposite now where the sports book's like the, the, the main attraction and the casino's just kind of in the background. So Circa's cool. It's getting a lot of love out in Vegas. Uh, the Superbook's the other big one. Um, and then Caesars as well, obviously. MGM's in there as well. So, you know, th- there's like three or four that are like the Mount Rushmore uh, of, of of Vegas books and and Dave works for one of them and then the other ones are, are, are run by you know a couple of his buddies and they all said hey you know we're gonna get together and do a podcast and just kind of talk about the same stuff that we're talking about and you know I didn't know Dave about two months ago you know we didn't know each other and I follow his Twitter handle you know randomly through someone else who works in the business who kept retweeting his Twitter handle uh, sportsbook consigliere and it was just the beginning of his his kind of experience into the social media world was just tweeting out kind of, you know, stories from behind the counter, which to me is fascinating. I mean, absolutely fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff, the stuff that you don't know, the really behind the scenes nitty gritty of what goes on behind these sports books. And it's exactly what we want to talk about here on the podcast. So it was a natural fit. So I, I, I followed I actually followed Dave first. I followed his Twitter handle. And then he, I guess, stumbled onto mine and saw that I was a Penn State alum. And he's a Penn State alum. And then the connection was immediately made. We started talking on the phone. We started, hey, we'll come on the pod. He's got a pod. I might come on his podcast. So, you know, and that's how, you know, the, the business is done. You know, it's all through connections. It's all through who you know. And he knows a lot of people. And he was nice enough to come on. And we're going to get to him in a few minutes. Uh, I do want to touch on one thing, uh, overarching theme of, of the week, the last two weeks really for me. Um, you know, it's, it's a fun time in sports gambling, especially cause it's kind of the, I call it the, the sports equinox because it's all four major sports in the same week. And this is really the only week it's going to happen It'll, a little bit next week with the world series. But once the world series ends, it's, you know, football, baseball or football, basketball, hockey for six months. And then, you know, we'll get into a, uh, we'll, you know, we'll get back into baseball next year. But really, it's football, really, for me until the end of the year. And then we'll touch basketball and hockey. But so, you know, it's a fun week. And, and the World Series has been something I've been really focused on. A lot of people are. And for those of you that follow me know I, I've been on a Nats World Series futures ticket. I've been holding that ticket for over, uh, you know, about a month since right before the playoffs started. And obviously, the Nationals <laughs> made me look really smart in the first two games. And a lot of people who bet the Astros at minus 200 in this series were probably kicking themselves. And I feel like I made a really sharp play last night. I was down in AC. A couple of, one, of, one, of, one of my buddies went down, and, and we watched the Vikings game together. We hung out, sportsbook, shocked some craps, lost a lot of money in craps, but made a lot of money at the sportsbook because 
That's really the only place I ever win money in a casino. Um, but anyways, uh, so we, you know, we were we were talking about the game, and and I'm just looking up there at the Astros price for the series, and I'm like, man, it's plus two thirty, two twenty five. And I was thinking to myself, when was the last time the Astros were plus two twenty five to win the World Series? And it was back in like August, like three months ago, two months ago. And I convinced myself I was going to hold on to this ticket for dear life. I bet this World Series ticket. I bet a hundred to win fourteen hundred bucks. It was a fourteen to one ticket. I bet it the night of the wild card game, before the game, before they were down. They were down in that game. They came back. They were down in game five of the NLDS. They came back to beat Kershaw and company. They swept the Cardinals with no chance. And then they went up 2-0 in this World Series. And I sold the ticket last night. We're taping this pod. I'm taping this Friday night. I sold it on Thursday night. And what happens in game three on Friday? The Astros come out and win. And boy, do I look like a sharp. And I'm not, people. I try to be, but I'm really not. I'm just a guy that really knows sports, that knows how to talk about it and sounds smart sometimes. But the only thing that kept creeping into my mind, so I'm sitting there with my buddy, I'm looking up at the, at the, at the numbers across the screen there, and I'm thinking, plus 225. Well, I got a great payout. I got a, made a 1000 bucks on a $100 bet. So that aside, they haven't been that long of a dog since... August, September, like early, like Labor Day. And I kept thinking to myself, this is 96 Yankees written all over it. Let's be real. The Astros are the better team top to bottom. They are. The Nationals have a bit of an aura around them right now. And the only thing it takes to, to break that is a loss. So the Nats won game five of the, AL, of the NLDS. Then they swept four straight in the NLCS. Then they won two straight in the World Series. That's seven straight wins in the playoffs. It's huge. I think they I think they won game four of the NLDS too. I'm not sure about that, but whatever, regardless. Seven straight wins in the playoffs, maybe eight. All it takes in baseball is one loss to, to change that. And we saw it recently. Not recently, but for me, I remember that World Series, that 96 World Series. Lyrics is home run, Yankees down 2-0 at home. Yankees lose the first two games of that series at home. They go on the road to Atlanta, and they sweep the three in Atlanta, and then they win game six back on home turf to win it all. And this World Series just reminds me of that. It reminds me of the Astros being, the you know, people will argue who the better team was in that Yankees-Braves uh, World Series. I, I would say the Yankees were still... You know, we, we, we knew what team they would become in later years, which was the best team in, in the last 30, 40 years of baseball history. Maybe the best team ever in 98. I mean, I, I, I think they might have been the best team ever in 98. That, that, that team rivals the 61 Yankees, 27 Yankees, all those other teams. So we know that the Yankees would become the best team in baseball very soon after that 96 World Series. So the, 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 the foundation was all there. So I would argue that the Yankees were the better team in that series. My friend Rob would probably argue against that, but that's fair. So I just kept thinking to myself, this is the 96 World Series all over again. And I would look like a damn fool if I was holding this ticket and I had a chance to sell it for a grand. $1,400 ticket for a grand. $100 bet turns into 1000 Risk-free. Hedge it right now. 
So I hedged it. And I took my grand. And I look like a genius now because the Astros won game three tonight and they look great. And obviously, you know, tough game in game four. They're going to have facing Corbin with a bullpen game. But if, even if they lose that game, I still feel confident with Verlander, with Grink, with Cole, Verlander, Grinky, five, six, seven. And you're going to see Cole in game seven for sure. I mean, three days in between that start. He'll, he'll, he's he's going to pitch in game seven if there's a game seven. He'll, he'll go in game five for sure. And then you've got travel day, game six. Game seven will be the third day. You know he's going, last day of the year. So I feel really smart, and I feel really sharp about that play. Not only the Nats to bet, just to, just to make the bet a month ago for the Nats to, to get to the World Series and win the World Series, and then to hedge it when I did. I bought it at the right time, and I hedged it at the right time. And that's a lesson. It's okay to hedge. Some people don't. We've had discussions about this on my show. Some people like to hedge. Some people don't. Cappers out in Vegas, they're very torn on this issue. The more experienced ones will typically hedge. The more youthful, exuberant ones will typically hold. It's all personal. Bankroll management. How do you feel? I felt this was a hedge opportunity. And I took it, and I look smart now because the Astros are probably going to be about an even money, maybe slight underdog after uh, their Game 3 win on Friday night. So... Uh, that's your sharp recap. It's me this week. <laughs> I don't know how sharp I am, but but I, I feel sharp. Um, so, yeah. Um, but without further ado, I want to get to Dave, and then we'll wrap things up afterwards. Um, so Dave Sherapin, uh, CG Technology odds maker, uh, risk manager, risk analyst, whatever you want to call him, he's the one that makes the lines. All when you go to the Venetian Hotel and you look up at that giant screen, you see all those numbers popping off. Dave's the one that's in charge of making them. Not for all of them. He has his little, you know, he has his little team and his section that handles a lot of other things. Um, he handles a lot of the basketball stuff, and he he gave us some great stuff on NBA and college basketball. The moral of the story is: if you like something, bet it early, because once we get to Christmas, the books have already adjusted. So if you feel like you have an edge in the NBA or in college basketball coming up in a few weeks, bet it early and bet it big, because now you've got the edge before the books catch up. Dave literally said he has nightmares about college basketball, these, some of these smaller conference games, because they don't know how to set the lines. And it makes sense, if you think about it. Not a lot of information about, you know, a colonial athletic game. You know, some of these, you know, Atlantic 10 games, St. Bonaventure, Richmond, you know, it, the, those games are tough to cap. They're tough to cap from our perspective. Think about how hard it is to set a line for one of those games. So if you think you have an advantage with NBA early in the season, you think some of these lines are off, we're in the opening week right now, bet them. Bet them hard. Don't progressively play. If you think you have the edge, you probably do. Because Dave doesn't feel like he has an edge. And that's a problem coming from a big book like like CG that runs Venetian and a bunch of other books in town. So, it really interesting stuff. We obviously went back and forth a little about Penn State. We're both Penn State guys. We had some fun about the game uh, this Saturday. Uh, they need Penn State bad because the you know public's on Michigan. Sharps are on Michigan. Everyone's on Michigan or Michigan State this week. Excuse me. Penn State... Uh, at Michigan State, uh, line's gone from about seven in, in most shops where it opened uh, all the way down to, Dave said he had it four and a half. So so people are betting Penn State, or people are betting Michigan State off a seven-point dog, home dog, all the way down to four and a half. That's a big, that's a big move. That's a big move in a, in a Big Ten college football game. Um, so we, we touched on Penn State. Uh, we touched on uh, a little bit of like live betting and, and kind of the future of the industry. Uh, and, of course, we touched a lot on basketball because that's kind of his domain right now uh, as he's gearing up for another basketball season, NBA, and, of course, college basketball is where he spends a lot of his time. 
Um, so without further ado, uh, here on the Sharp Action Podcast, joining us for the first time from Vegas, our first Vegas guest, it's Dave Sherpin of CG Technology. <laughs> Joining me on the phone from the desert, it's the CG Technology odds maker himself. We've been going back and forth for a while. Now I finally get him on the Sharp Action Podcast. His name is Dave Sherapin. Dave, as one Penn State guy to another, this is a long time coming here. Dude, it's great. It's it's exciting. You know, just the way we made the connection, you know, generational differences, but Penn State in common. Um, back East guys, um, sports book business, you know, I mean, we live it. We don't just work it. We live it. This is, this is our lives. So yeah, man, I'm just excited to hang out and get some time to talk. And, you know, I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. <laughs> Every conversation is, is certainly fun when, when we're talking about sports, when we're talking about gambling. And obviously that's going to be the, uh, the, the main focus of this one. But you said we have things in common. The one big thing that we have in common obviously revolves around our love of sharp players and sharp picks and sharp money. Uh, and that's kind of how our life kind of revolves around the, the, the two jobs that we do, me examining it and you actually analyzing it uh, and, and, and actually creating these lines that, that get spewed out uh, at CG Technology every week. You guys do a great job with the lines, and, and part of your job with your team is to kind of analyze where the money's coming from and where it's going and how the books need to adjust. And in my mind, that's the most important, and it's the most fascinating part of a sports book. Anyone can come in and you know pick what they like and and give you you know a few of their locks, but really the 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 important thing is how the sports books react to that information. So you behind the scenes, what are some of the things when you get to your office, when you get to your desk and sit down every day and you look at your screens? What are some of the things that you're examining, and how do you digest that information and then accurately get it back out there so the lines adjust properly? Wow. You hit me with a really good question right out of the <laughs> That's what I do. Hard-hitting questions, God. Dave. Hard-hitting. <laughs> um, well, I can tell you this. I mean, I, I've been in this business a really long time, and it's changed so much over the course of, like, I mean, my career is probably talking like 25 years now, um, where a lot of books are just becoming risk-averse. And, I mean, you can speak to that really well on the east coast what you see it more i mean out here in the desert it's more what you see in you know far away caribbean islands and other central american countries and things like that where you know you manage sharp action you don't discourage it you use the sharp action for what you want to do you know as a book some people you know embrace it more than others some people just discourage it period and other people um you know, have different philosophies on, you know, what to use it for. So, I mean, a typical day for, you know, we have a group of guys that are risk managers, um, odds makers. It's a, it's a group effort, but you know, there's one guy at the top and, you know, he, he basically makes sure everyone's got their role and is working. So, you know, certain guys specialize in certain sports, you know, um, I'm, I usually handle like the, the pro sports myself. So, you know, I'm looking at the NFL, the NBA. It's a very busy time with them both mixing right now. It's really difficult. Um, I'm a hockey guy. I played hockey at school back in the day. So I'm always watching the hockey lines as well. The college is a different beast. Um, you know, I 
I pay attention to it, but I don't like make the numbers and keep diligent power ratings for all of the schools. It's just too hard, but someone has to do it. So you're basically, you know, as far as like sharp action, you're seeing who bet what, and then what is the move going to? What, what do you move a number to? And it's a debate. A lot of times it's, you know, what, what three guys come up with, or depending on, you know, it, for some shops, it's probably one guy is making that decision and it's tough. And, um, you got to just kind of get a feel for it. And, you know, you see certain things and everybody's, you know, everyone in the business here has a screen, you know, you have yeah. a, a guideline as far as what, well, you know, I refer to it as a screen, but I mean, it's Don best. It's, it's, uh, you know, um, whatever it is, Vegas insider, everyone has a source of lines. And if you don't, you probably should, because you need a comparison shop. I mean, when you go buy a car, you don't just go and look at one price and get that. You, you look around. Same thing for sports betting. You got to just familiarize yourself with the numbers and get better at it. Right. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, growing up before I really got a little older and a little wiser, I just thought it was a couple of guys in a bunker that set all the lines and, and every, you know, and it was like a, they would push a button and the line would just go and all the sports books would have it. Obviously, that's not the case. It, it, it's actually ironic because during uh, my, my brief uh, soiree into the financial markets, uh, I, I kind of learned a little bit about that technique which is more buying and selling than just picking an arbitrary number and setting that line. Uh, so I think a great example to kind of go off of is what we're seeing with the Astros and their futures picks for the World Series because of this mattress guy out uh, in Houston who is, is you know sopping up uh, Astros futures tickets all over town because he's on the hook for millions of dollars if the Astros win it, so he's trying to hedge his bet. But it seems as though what that's doing uh, or at least previously before the uh, Nationals took a 2-0 lead in the series, was it was inflating that line a little bit because of all of the liability that Vegas had on Houston. So it, it, it kind of, you know, it, it mirrors the financial markets, a buy and sell, supply and demand type of, type of uh, transaction where if you see a lot of liability on one side, you have no choice whether or not you like the side or not. You have to adjust because the book is on the hook uh, for that kind of, of payout. So it, it does remind me a lot of the financial markets. You, it, does does that kind of make sense the way that the way that you guys buy and sell uh, these types of uh, lines and these picks? Absolutely, you have to. It, that's a great way to kind of think of it. Um, the both sides of the of the counter, so to say, have gotten better at this over the years. I mean, because you know, back in the day, the bookies had all the advantage mm -hmm. and. You know, you could, you could, there was less information back then, too. That was a key, too. Right, yeah. exactly. You know, whoever had the best information usually, you know, had the advantage, had the leverage. And then the bookie, you know, you didn't have anywhere else to go a lot of times. You could only shop one line. You, you, you played at one place. It was a relationship business, and it still is at its root. But, oh, yeah. I mean, the arbitrage world of, I mean, you saw it in the financial sector. It's the same in the sports betting sector. And you're constantly battling that and trying to just position yourself or your books or whatever you're managing in such a way that you're maximizing the return. Um, you know, just the old days of just putting up a number and taking bets and never really moving it. I mean, you're going to get you're going to get beat up pretty quickly and you'll find that out. The market tells you a lot of times where your price needs to be 
and it's a very rapid thing. I mean, there's there's so many different ways. The speed of everything is so fast. I mean, and you probably can attest to that in the financial world. It's not guys standing on a floor making trades anymore. anymore. I mean, everything yeah. is right. It's all automated and and, and bots and things like that. It's algorithms too. In sports algorithms. It's all that stuff. And so the ability to adapt. You know, I'm in my late 40s. I mean, I've had to adapt a couple times in this business to try to just maintain my um, level of expertise. And the younger guys are coming up with a different way. And, you know, we all have to kind of meet in the middle as far as, you know, what you're up against as far as betting. And I mean, it's not like guys that just book games don't bet either. Everybody's looking to, <laughs> to make plays or have action. Like, you know, so... It, it works both ways and it's just it's 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 an exciting thing but it's also something that you really should educate yourself i mean like you said you got better if you think about what you were just as a teenager or you know until you could oh, night and day. whatever it was yeah it's a world of difference right totally different talking to dave sherpin uh cg technology odds maker out in vegas here on the sharp action podcast dave uh it it, it kind of begs the question you know when, when when i think of the old school stuff i think of like uh the movie casino where ace rothstein's walking into some back alley book and he makes a few bets drops you know 10 15 20 25 grand down down at one of those back alley books then all of a sudden all the erasers come out and erase all the odds and then all the bookies run out to the to the payphones and they call all their guys and say Ace is on this, Ace is on this. So it's it's on a much bigger scale today. But those are some of the things that you do see at CG at some of these you know really sharp books, Superbook. You know the Circle Book's getting a lot of love out in Vegas right now. When when these guys walk into these books, some of these sharper players, some of these guys that move lines, you, you know your your ears perk up. You know whether or not the action's dictating it one way or the other. If one of these guys comes in and drops six figures, you know fifty grand on a game. It's going to move the line regardless of where your liability is, right? I explain this all the time because it, it is fascinating. And the stuff I've seen, the, the characters I've met, it's going to make a great book. I'm telling you, it's going to be really good. And I mean, <laughs> We'll get to you your can, Twitter you handle in a moment, which on, is like, yeah, I was going right, to say, that's yeah. the manuscript that you're, that you're writing right now, basically. Exactly. Um, but I tell people this. Somebody can come in and bet a game. You know, and just because it's on the top of my head, I'm just looking at the Steelers Monday night minus four. Oh, that'll be a fun one. Right. So, okay. So just use that one as an example. Somebody comes in and our regular limit on that game or any NFL game just off the street. I mean, we'll take up to 100,000, but the standard is pretty much 50,000. Yeah. So somebody comes in right now and bets the Steelers minus 14 for 50,000 fresh, just off the street. We Never met him before. No idea. Yeah. yeah. We may not move the line, mm -hmm. but if one of those guys that you're talking about, uh, you know, one of the ace Rothstein type oh, yeah. of guys comes in and his limit on the game, you know, because they're in, everyone gets profiled. That's the other thing that's going on in books all over the world. Once you make a certain few plays, you get put in like profiles, which, you know, have different limits. So like the, we'll call it just like a wise guy profile. If he comes up and bets the Steelers minus 14 for what his limit is, say, 10000 we might go to fifteen. Mm -hmm. But that $50,000 bet, we may not move it at all. Yeah. So it's not so much the money 
and, and you know the reporting of of these big wagers is a big talk topic of discussion right now amongst all of us in the business Absolutely. and everyone that's it's actually yeah, the birth gaining. of this podcast it really honestly this podcast was birthed from that idea when i saw some of these reporters really? sending out some of these tweets of the big bets I thought to myself, this is the kind of stuff that needs to be documented in podcast form because it makes for great conversation. Why they make the bet, why this one gets moved, why this doesn't get moved, and so on and so forth. And the transactional nature to a lot of these bets where you see them you know, in patterns and sequences. So we saw the duffel bag guy earlier this year, you know, crack on Illinois a few games. You know, so like to me, that right. stuff is really interesting. And it's something that doesn't get widely reported because I think the I mean, you know, this isn't something that the books want to advertise publicly. Who's who where the sharp action is, because then it's going to you know follow suit where, you know, the average Joe better is going to pick up on this stuff and he's going to want to bet these games. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it is kind of interesting to kind of see the flow. And that really is why this pod, that that's how I got the idea for this podcast. It really is. So it's funny that you kind of hit on that. Is, is there anything specific, uh, you know, because I think the one thing that really interested me when you, when you mentioned it a few minutes ago was a $50,000 bet on the Steelers might not move the line, but a $10,000 bet could. And, and to me, that's a fascinating concept, that it's less about money sometimes and more about who. It, 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 you know, is when you profile some of these betters, does it take time before you can really kind of tab w- what their patterns are and, and how it moves? Or right out of oh, the gate, you're sure. like, oh, this is a guy I'm going to move the line on, you know, after just one or two bets. Or does it take a really long time to kind of find those patterns? Um, it's the answer is it varies, but the sooner you can get to the answer, and be mm. right, mm-hmm. the better you are. Yeah. And um, some people may be um, better at that at that than others. So you may um, you may find yourself even being wrong sometimes. You know, you make a, a snap judgment. A guy comes in and you know sets up an account and starts playing you know NBA sides for the limit five times a game, and you know. I mean, he found his way to the Clippers last night. Well, the Clippers, mm. everyone found their way to, you yeah. know. So, um, I was on the over personally. Or not. <laughs> okay, so you know, and that was that was a, that was a steam move. I mean, yeah. the over was a was a strong play, and one that you know had I. I mean, I was working, and I said to myself, "This is one of those plays that you just kind of know as as the book. You're dead. You just, I mean, yeah. it's going to take a miracle for this thing to stay under because." Everyone sharp was on it. The public was on it as well. Yeah, the late and night it, West it, Coast it, over. It's a classic yeah, uh, public play. And and exactly, something tells me the right guys were on it though. Yeah. You know, so, that's the thing. So you go you kinda it's hard to make that judgment, but the the sooner you do, the better you are as the book. Put it that way. Yeah, and, and actually that's an interesting point that we get into Clippers Warriors because I think this game or that game, we're, we're taping this pod on, on about Friday afternoon. We're going to post it later on Friday night. So, you know, it was last night. Uh, you might be listening to it later this weekend. But this Clippers-Warriors game, uh, Warriors opening night in their home arena, the total, I, I actually got it at 227 uh, when it first opened. I, I, yeah, a really good number. Uh, I actually had it, uh, I was down at, I was down in Atlantic City, and they gave me one of those, like, $10 free bets. So I just threw it into one of my parlays, like, really early in the day just to mess around. And, of course, it ended up hitting. I wish I, you know, really went harder on it. Uh, but it, it kind of begs the question of opening night for these teams. We don't really know what they are yet. 
Is that the hardest time of the year to be an odds maker? First game, preseason, when you really don't have a profile on what these teams are, something tells me there's not going to be a Warriors total under 230 for the rest of the year based on how that defense looked. And it was a 227. I, th- I don't know if it opened there, but it opened around there, obviously. And then it steamed up as the night went on until it closed right around 10, 1030 Eastern time. Uh, is is now is that the hardest time to be an odds maker when you really just don't know what these teams are yet? And eventually you get more information and you're able to 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 kind of bite off uh, kind of what you're seeing. But your, your eyes can't tell you anything yet because you haven't seen him play. And obviously for a better, it's hard as well. But it has to be just as hard, if not harder, for an odds maker to set that line properly. If you look historically, Jared, when you um, look at the results, I think it's pretty standard. The beginning of the season in the NFL, the betters win. The beginning of the NBA for sure the betters win. Baseball's an X factor. Um, just yeah, a lot so of, variables. yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, and it's so heavily pitcher-based. And I equate the two sports, baseball and hockey, together because hockey is so dependent upon the goaltender, yep. where baseball is so dependent on the starting pitcher. So those two kind of go together where you don't see it as much. But, man, football is so hard at the beginning from an oddsmaker standpoint. Um, and... It's it's really difficult in basketball. Um, there's if like if you get on the trend. Last year the trend was the totals. The the odds maker we didn't catch up to the totals until Christmas. It was just one of those things that there was just the numbers were dictating it was too low. Um, and really, the the other thing we didn't catch on last year with the NBA was the sides. The favorites weren't high enough. There used to be two way action sharp two-way action for anything on both sides but now if someone lays you seven you used to be able to go to seven and a half or eight and get an insta bet on the other side now what we're finding you know on this side of it there's no fear man don't lay seven you go to eight they'll lay eight the game will close 10 wow and you won't get a bet on the other side like that never happened in the nba before and you want to talk about being hard and at the beginning of the season I know what's coming in college basketball. Oh. I'm losing sleep over it already. <laughs> That's the hardest sport, brother. That is, it is the hardest sport to 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 make bets on because you know there's guys that are spe- specializing on two conferences, mm-hmm. and they're not the Big Ten nope. and the Big East. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're the, they're the smaller conferences, and they kill you. It's so tough to make numbers, and you really do get one sided action there. And if that's all you have to focus on, you're better at it than the books. Great stuff with Dave Sherpin, uh, CG Technology odds maker out in Vegas. Dave, uh, it, it, it sounds what you're saying, and for you, for I'm trying to you know recap this for for a lot of you new gamblers out there. It sounds like this is the time to strike in the NBA, and obviously in the next few weeks when college basketball opens early. So if you know some some betters and 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 I fall victim to this too is I like to start the season slow and kind of build my stack and then you know build my bankroll and then later in the year you know when we get to the conference tournaments and we get to the, the the NCAA tournament that's when I'll make my big moves. By then the books have already caught up. The the so that psychology of the 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 slow progressive build needs to be reversed where you should be betting big early in the year if you feel like you have an advantage. And then as the year goes on, you should be decreasing your bets. Make your money early because that's when you have the most edge. Right now in the NFL, we're about to enter week eight. If there's any trends that the book hasn't caught up to yet, they probably are there by now. 
And, and so the and, and I think we saw it. I want to say it was either week three or week four because that was right around the time that we connected about a month or two ago. And all of a sudden, it was just a public bloodbath in the NFL. I forget if it was week three or week four. I forget which week <laughs> it was. Week four. It was week it four. Was yeah, week it, four. I knew it. And so you know, basically, the NFL had three weeks of public joes making their money, and then in week four, it just came to a cl- it came to a close. And it's been a little choppy since, but for the most part, it's trended in the sharp direction over the last few weeks. And something tells me it'll continue to do that uh, as we get closer to the playoffs. And I find it harder to bet the NFL playoffs and the late season games. I, so it sounds like the early you are able to find that edge. And college basketball is a big one. I got the guy I do a, a, the show with at Sports Grid. His literal Twitter handle name is Mid Major Matt. I mean, that's literally all he does is mid majors, Conference USA, a, you know, the VCU's of the world, the Richmonds of the world, you know, those types of teams. I think he's from Virginia, so he does a lot of those like you know colonial conferences and that type oh, of stuff. Oh man, that's yeah, good stuff. Yeah, if you can if you can specialize in that, you're really valuable mm-hmm. really valuable so, no it, man i you're right you're absolutely right the sharpest numbers in college basketball are definitely by the conference tournaments like that's the hardest time if you're just waiting to jump into that because it's fun or you're going yeah. out to vegas or you're going like now you guys will have the parties for march madness yep. in ac and all those different things and those numbers are tough like those are tight like there's just there's no I, I, we used to say it all the time, and this is going back you know, 20 years. If I could just start taking college basketball bets on January 1st, <laughs> I'd be way better off. I would be way better off. I mean, they, and, and we used to say all the time, and I used to hear old school bookies say, I'm just giving these people a head start. I'm lending them the money. Yeah, right. I right, have to, right. you know, I have to open up because the games are on and, you know, but you know, there's no doubt that the softer numbers are at the beginning and it's, it's hard. I mean, it's not, I mean, you have to put in the work to find these, these spots betting wise, but yeah, man, the NBA now is to be had. You, we get to Christmas day. Forget it. I mean, we already have numbers for Christmas day. Of course. And we don't know how good those numbers are right now, but I can guarantee you by then, they're going to be tight and they're going to be hard to pick the winners. And um, the, the thing with the NBA is that has changed so much, Jared, is, is the tanking. The tanking thing is just, uh, I, I'm not going to, it's one of the biggest challenges professionally that I've had um, in a while managing a sport and trying to, to take bets. Um, adjusting for, for numbers for teams that are just literally putting out lineups and things to lose games. It's so hard. I mean, I almost want to shut it down on teams with losing records or that are not going to make the playoffs March 1st because that so last tough. month, it's so hard. And if you can catch on to that early, like in like by January, if you're on to the teams that are really tanking, it's going to, I mean, it's going to hurt. You're going to have to lay some big numbers or you're going to have to really juice some money lines together. But my goodness, if you get on a team like, you know, that's literally going to win 20 games and bet against them, you're going to get there at the end. CG Technologies, Dave Sherpin, one of the odds makers out there in Vegas, been doing it a long time. Dave, we would be remiss if we didn't talk a little Penn State football because that's clearly what we need to do at some point during this interview. So, we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. Penn State, baby. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, I always, anytime anyone asks me on, on my shows about, you know, my opinion, because they always ask me about Penn State football, obviously. So, uh, and, okay. and I give them the same I give them the same opinion every time. If there's a minus sign in front of our number, I don't bet it, period. 
I, I just, I, and I, I'd be, you know, and I'd be about 500 this year. I think they're four and three ATS. So, yep. you know, it's to, to, to me, they're not a great favorite team. They've never been a great favorite team. So what do they give us this week? A, a nice little six and a half burger to chew on at Michigan State. I think it's gone down a little bit to five and a half, six, depending on which book you find it at. But this is at a Michigan State team uh, that we do not play well against, just like we don't play well against Iowa. Now we covered at Iowa. Uh, but we just can't quite seem to figure out how to beat Michigan State. Two years in a row, they've gotten us, uh, and it's brutal. Yeah, it's really tough. And this is a this is a tough game because we got a, a you know a tough uh, a, another tough road game next week at Minnesota. Ohio State's looming, and we all know how good the Buckeyes have been this year. Uh, your your take. Uh, you don't have to give me a pick because you know I I, I know the uh, the the you have, you have other responsibilities. But if you want to give me a pick, you can. But just your take on Penn State this year. Uh, and if you think we're going to get bit by Sparty again on Saturday. I I love what's going on this year. I just, I mean, because we put up the season wins and the guys like to give me a lot of crap because, they, <laughs> you know, they say I'm biased for Penn State. They say I'm biased for the Steelers because my numbers are always this and that. And I've removed that bias, you know, when, when I'm doing the numbers a long sure, time sure. ago. But I've lived it. I've gone to the whiteout games. I've gone to playoff games. I've traveled the world and done a lot of things. I'm like, you guys don't understand. I'm giving you stuff that people are going to bet. And you're right. Penn State is a favorite, especially a road favorite. Historically, not a great play. No. Um, and with Minnesota being a look-ahead spot, I mean, who would have ever thought not in me. our time we would be saying that Minnesota Row the boat. on deck is a, yeah, is a look-ahead spot for Penn State, but it is. And the land-grant trophies at stake. Um, the very coveted, very uh, prestigious land-grant uh, yeah. trophy. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's really the only trophy well, game we you. have. People ask me all the time what Penn State's rival is. I don't really think we have one. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh really would be the only one, I would say. And we're a bigger rival for Pitt than they are for correct, us. I mean, correct. that's just fact. All our boys are going to listen to this, and they're going to—they may get pissed at me, but it's just truth. No, I, it's, I agree. It's with a bigger you. game to Pitt than it is a Penn State. Ohio I mean, State and Michigan me? bother me, but they don't—they're not our rivals. I mean, right. those two are rivals. Ohio right. State, Michigan, like those teams are just teams that we just have trouble against, but they're not our rivals. Yeah, absolutely, um, dude. We've taken nothing but but bets on Michigan State. I'm not going to lie. That's I'm why surprised. the line's been moved down, probably. It's yeah. So we we've taken limit plays at seven. Six and a half, six and then five. So we're at wow. Penn State minus four and a half. Oh, so you got wow! It's, you guys went all the our, way down. Wow! It's our it's it's our second biggest decision for the day. Wow! On Saturday we need the Nittany Lions. So I am going to be sitting there. I may come in in blue and white just to because <laughs> uh, a lot of times in this business you don't get the root. Yeah, you know no, I mean? no, because you're a lot of times you're rooting against. Team. Yeah, and you you, you just kind of you just kind of you know keep it quiet. And, you know, whatever. A lot of times, you know, you may have your own action. You can't ever sure. move for that if that's against the uh, house or work and stuff. But, dude, this is this is huge game for the book. It's a huge game for Penn State for season wins. All every sharp guy we had have have under Penn State season wins. They have under eight and a half. They have under nine. I believe was a number available. Oh, so this They're is huge. The, Penn State the next two games are huge this, because really, the I mean, you know, even if you lose the Ohio State game. There's really not another loss on the card. So this exactly. this is huge. These, these are determining and I think that's why they're betting Michigan State some of these guys. That they're makes sense. Michigan they're State. hedging off of their season yeah, win total. Exactly. Exactly. And so they could still win both. They could still middle. Things, 
what right? Yeah, and Penn that, State going by field arbitrage thing that we talked about exactly. earlier. There's so many things going on, and there's so much more behind a bet that we don't even know. And we're sitting there taking the bet. But I mean, so when you hear sharp money has this, uh, public money has this, man, it's a lot of crap. And you just got to really decipher so much stuff. And like you know, podcasts like this can help. And guys you know, like you talking about the industry, us having the conversations we've had, it's different level stuff, but at the same time, it's basic as could be. And you can get better at picking winners, which is what anybody wants ultimately. If you just kind of analyze everything, don't believe everything you hear. Yeah. And then, you know, just back your opinion, put in the work and hopefully that ends up with more winners than losers. Yeah, and that was the reason that I wanted to start this. You know, I, I made it very clear early on in this pod for the people who are listening is that I don't want this to be like, oh, I'm going to come on and give you my locks of the week because there, you can get those anywhere. You know, there's a million touts uh, all, all over the place that are going to give you those, and they're probably, frankly, better than me at doing that. I think where, where I excel is being able to take a specific, uh, you know, a trend or topic and to be able to break it down and then make it digestible for the average better because right now this stuff is becoming mainstream. I'm seeing it firsthand here in Jersey where the average person is craving this information, but they just don't know, A, how to digest it, B, where to find it. Uh, and and it's, it's, you know, it's always been back alley, back channel, black market type stuff because it just hasn't been legal. Uh, and now that it's becoming legal, it is becoming its own, you know, micro industry. This, you know, sports gambling information uh, that that is now not this like greasy handicapper on some one eight hundred line giving you his picks. You know, these are legitimate and, people who do this for a living. And there's an art and a real skill in being able to explain it to somebody that has never made a bet, or to the person that's making a hundred bets a day in arbitraging and doing whatever they're doing. So if you can, I mean, and like, that's how you and I connected. Absolutely. We had a conversation, our first conversation. I mean, it lasted a long time (laughs) and we were up late and, but we really had a really, I mean, we were all over the place, but at the same time, I saw something, you know, in, in that conversation that said, dude, we can really talk about this and people, will listen and understand it because you can, there's podcasts out there that are talking about, you know, the sharp side and the plus EV and all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Analytics and all that stuff. Right. You're done. 30 seconds. Well, there's no entertainment value to that. It's just really thick. It's it's like calculus, you know I mean? You know, you have to really love it. You have to really understand it to where there needs to be an entertainment value to it and a broadcasting journalistic quality to it that makes it digestible. Yep, and hopefully that's what they're going to get with this podcast. I think they're getting it with your podcast, too. Speaking of, give it a shout. I mean, GT Cash Considerations, one of my new favorite podcasts that I listen to. Uh, you know, you know, talk about what you guys do on that podcast and where they can find you. Awesome, man. Thank you. Um, so a couple of us got together, and, and what you'll find, and, and Jared's already finding it just, you know, in, in talking to me. Like, I talk to everybody. I'm a big Yenta at heart. Um, <laughs> you I know really, everybody, yeah, too. You've had some serious guests on this podcast so far. Big time yeah, Vegas so, people. Yeah, and, and been around for a long time and able to, to, to make a lot of relationships. But I love sharing the information and I love talking. So what we decided to do with a couple guys that are in the business, I'm an odds maker now at CG Technology. I'm with a guy named Alan Berg, who is an odds maker at Caesars Palace. For them and another guy named Mo Pearson, who's 
was it Caesars and has moved over to Circuit. The three biggest books besides the, Superbook, right there. I mean, you just named right. Them. Yeah. I mean, those are that's the it, that's it, the that's the the Mount Rushmore of Vegas books. Right, and we and we we can't drag Murray out of this meeting on Tuesday. <laughs> John Murray, we can't. We're going to get him on. He's too. he's he's big time him. now, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's, in the, he's on the he's way more on the corporate side. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. And ever want to be, so he has a lot of obligations. But what what we bring you on the Cash Considerations podcast is just an odds maker view of the games every week we've been trying to bring on different guests in the industry you know we got Prackenberger on we got kelly in vegas on mm. we got a lot of names and and uh we just this past week we got this guy cabby on who was fantastic yeah he's really really good listen life and just a it's just a fun listen so we try to give it to you in a way that's one entertaining but two it's kind of a peek behind the curtain yeah with, um, you know, the different segments, like, we, you know, football we found has been the most popular, but the NBA has, has grown. Really oh, NBA is going to be huge. We're getting, a ton yeah, of, so. we're, we're, we're getting a ton of love for our NBA stuff that's going to start up really in earnest once we get to, like, you know, Christmas time. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because basketball, I, I would have thought it was football because of the structure of it, but I think basketball, because of the fan appeal, Football's lost a little bit of that everyday uh, sports fan appeal. Basketball hasn't. In fact, I think it's gained. So I think yeah, basketball it's, it's is going to be the big watch, one. Don't you think? Football's like a tough watch now. It is. Games, it's, a t- it's with the flags and the yeah. different. And they're long now too. They're almost long. four hours long. You know, it's a it's four-hour game. Basketball's two yeah, and a half hours in and out, and then, and the action doesn't stop the whole game. I agree, hundred percent. You can see it. You can see it in the betting action. I mean, like the, the other thing that we've seen grow tremendously as far as betting action is is the ufc mm. like in something like that so yeah. you know when there's big ufc events we'll we'll address that on the podcast but yeah that's what we do we kind of break down the sports and, and look at games we you know we try to narrow down the menu give it to you in a compact form 30 to 60 minutes each each episode listen on your commutes listen on your workouts um three guys that you know we're actually three different generations i'm in my 40s alan's in his 30s Mo's in his twenties. Wow. We, we, we formed a pretty good bond. Um, you know, we used to do it remotely with a, with a, a podcast app, the a sound quality sucked, <laughs> but we were just getting reps and, and trying to just talk about the business and give us all a creative outlet. So, you know, it's, it's at GT cash consider on Twitter. That's the show follow. Um, my, Twitter handle is at Sportsbook Consigliere, which is Sports BK Consig. Um, Mo is at He These Takes. You get all the circuit stuff, you know, a lot of things he puts out. Alan's great. He's at Percent Berg. Um, you know, and we're dialed in with everybody. I mean, you know, we've, we've had, like, when we do something, you know, we send out an SOS, hey, we're having a bowling night, midnight, you know, in two weeks. Everybody comes out, and it's like, you know, Matt Lindemann, Who's now at, at Circa Odds Maker? If we get Murray out, he comes out. All, all the names that you know or hear of in Vegas, we're all. It's a tight knit fraternity, yeah. man. It's a it's a real community, small and, business, just and, like the media world. Yeah, That's why the two are very it, linked. Exactly, and so we just try to bring it to you that way. Appreciate you know giving us the the forum here to just bring it out there. I mean, and like I keep telling everybody, look, there's enough space for quality content oh yeah and if you know and this I mean, is a growing yeah, field I mean, like, this is just starting it, this with, field it's just it's in its infancy right now without a doubt so i mean you know 
follow you on Twitter. I mean, we've connected and made made it fun that way, and we'll talk about different things. If you put something out there, we call each other out. So I tell people all the time, you may not you may not get the jokes right away, but if you just keep following along, you will get more information and you know connections to different podcasts or something else that you may find interesting. And then you just get better at this. Like, and that's what everybody's goal is ultimately is just get better and, and have a good time with it. I mean, people that are so stuffy and stiff about, you know, this just can only be this way. It doesn't have to be any way. Just be fun and be entertaining as well as good with the information. And I think you'll find a place for it all. It's a brand new world and knowledge is power in this business because it used to be very constricted. Now the knowledge and the information is everywhere. And now the most important thing is being able to decipher the good knowledge from the bad knowledge. Some people just spit out stats and trends. And now as a gambler, as a better with you know information overload, it's your job to sift through. And, and, it, and sometimes it's very subjective. You have a couple of people that you really just like. You like their takes. You like the way that they you know, approach certain games. You like their trends. You like their styles. And that's fine. It's like pick, you know, going, to the, going to Macy's and picking out a pair of jeans. You might buy Levi's. You might buy you know, Guess. It's about what fits you and what suits you. And it is very personal. It's very subjective. And now that there are more avenues for it, it's becoming something that is a little bit easier to tolerate because you can say, eh, I don't really like the way this guy has a take on the game, but I like the way this guy has it. So you get the back and forth. And I've had really good bets in my head. And I've gone and talked to people that I trust, and they've talked me out of them. And those are usually the best bets that I don't make. Those are the best decisions I make or the, the bets that I get talked off of by really smart people who I trust, who I listen to, and I consume some of their takes and some of their content. And it just, it just kind of changes the way you view certain things, and it opens up your mind. It used to be, yeah, if this was the guy and this was you know, if Brandon Lang or one of these you know, old-school greasy cappers made a pick, well, you better be on the, uh, you better be on the right side of it or else you're going to lose. That's not the way it works anymore. It, it is very much more like a democracy now, capitalism, with, with the way that this information is shared. Uh, and really, you just have to find what suits your style best and then also stick to that trend. Because when you start to get all helter-skelter and, and you change your approach and you change your strategy, I always say this on the show, pick a strategy you like and just do it, repeat it, and, and get muscle memory at it and don't get skewed by you know a couple of losses or some bad beats and just you know do what you like and what makes you feel good, but at the end of the day, you're going to lose some. You, hopefully you, you, you win more than you lose, but you're going to lose at some point. You have to be able to adjust, though, Jared. If, you, if you're losing consistently, That's true. Yes. seek help because maybe what you're doing is wrong or – change gears but don't do it suddenly yeah you know you can't make that snap judgment go to process or or just you know trust in certain people or information and ride it out for a little bit but you have to build some you know just because you went over four doesn't mean you can't hit correct you know some of the best cappers in vegas yeah box. exactly yeah and, and and you know maybe you'll go over eight before you actually you know punch one in the right field and shake the slump and then things will turn around if your batting stance is right if your swing's good you know you get hits i mean that's just that's a sports analogy that i think more people can understand sure. than you know just bet underdogs and you can't just bet underdogs nope. you have to bet underdogs bet favorites take money lines sometimes teasers are good bets you always hear how oh, teasers are a terrible but no they're not nfl teasers are or sharp guys are playing nfl yeah. teasers the price of teasers when i was um, down at Curacao 25 years ago, 
We gave away even money on six-point teasers. Wow. They're Can't minus find those 150 anymore. now. No, they're minus 150. In some places, don't take two-team teasers. You know why that is? Because they're, they're, you can find you can You can there. win, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, so, so if someone tells you teasers are a bad bet, don't just dismiss it. There's, there's so many things that are out there that, yes, are bad information, good information. Decipher through it all. Find good guys that entertain you and do it. And, man, the sky's the limit. He's Dave Sherapin, odds maker out at CG Technology in beautiful Las Vegas. Dave, thank you for the time. This has been an absolute pleasure, and I hope we do it again. Oh, we will do it again. Here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> See you, brother. Sharp Action Podcast continues after this. Great stuff. Dave, thank you so much. Um, that, I mean, that was just, it, it was phenomenal. Uh, you know, when, 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 you, when I started this, the idea was to give people a deeper dive into what goes on with these books. And it wasn't as much about plays or totals or sides or lock of the week or any of that crap. You can get plenty of that from online. Twitter, you know, all those websites. You can buy picks if you want. You can look up for stuff. That's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to go more from the other side of it. And and Dave offered just the perfect I mean that that insight about basketball. If you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're a new better and and you want to know about basketball and you watch basketball constantly, College basketball, say you're a LaSalle University alum. The only reason I say that is because I used to work there, and it's a small A-10 school, a little Catholic school in North Philly. Great people at LaSalle. The best year and a half, one of the best year and years of my life working in this industry was calling games for LaSalle. Just a tight-knit school, but I digress. But say you feel like you know a couple of the players there. Or you know, you know, a couple of the players at St. Joe's. You know, one of these small A-10 schools. You know, they only do basketball. It's all they do there. You know, uh, and you feel like you have an edge there. Because you know these teams. You watch them closely. You, you're a big Temple fan, big LaSalle fan, big, you know, VCU fan. I'm using the, the East Coast small conferences, but they're everywhere. You know, go out west. Go to the Mountain West. Go any of these small conferences. Not the big ones, not the Power Fives. The mid-majors. And you really feel like you watch these teams and you know these teams. Odds are you got an edge there. Because the odds makers in Vegas, there's a lot of games going on right now and they don't have time to get to all of them. So take that stuff to heart. It was great information and we thank Dave very much for coming on. Uh, we'll, we'll, we're we're going to, we'll, I guess, stay tuned. Um, we're, you know, I'm trying to get something set up with Dave on a regular basis. Um, he's open to it. I'm open to it. It's just about structure and formatting and, and schedules and all that stuff. You know, he's a busy guy and, and we want to, we want to make the best, we want to produce the best stuff for, for you guys. So you can kind of understand where we're coming from and kind of get a glimpse into this and really pick up on some of these nuances because there's money to be made, you know, and, and Dave's the guy that's giving you the money. I mean, he's the one that's taking the tickets, not him personally, but his staff is taking the tickets and paying them out when you win. So, 
you know, listen to what he has to say and, and follow that podcast and listen to that podcast and follow all the guys he was talking about. Um, and just, just be a sponge. Cause there's nothing like, I mean, I, there's nothing like watching a sporting event and knowing, you know, a trend or something that is going to play out and being able to capitalize on it monetarily. I mean, it's better than going to the game. I think you're wasting more money. You're wasting hundreds of bucks going to these games. You could be sitting at home on your couch betting it, making enough money, making more money than it costs to go to the damn game. But I digress. Okay, so so thanks a lot today. Thank you guys for joining us here on episode four. We'll try to get out to episode five as soon as we can. We'll let you know if we have any updates on the schedule and where things are going to go from here. But, you know, I want to get people who are, you know, who have an impact. I don't want to just get on this podcast and just rip to you for, you know, an hour. I want to have something on here that has some substance, some substance so you can take it with you and learn from it and be a better gambler, and be a better sports fan, really, because you see these things from a different angle. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to keep working on that. Uh, but thank you all for joining us. And, of course, don't forget, follow the money. <laughs>